Parts of Scotland have gone back into lockdown this week. We'll wait to hear if or how these tighter restrictions could affect football. Our latest guest is still unhappy about what happened after his side called off a game because of a COVID outbreak. News of the West of Scotland League dishing out a 3-0 defeat to Yoker Athletic after they cancelled their clash against Drumchapel United broke just as we went on air for our last episode. But Yoker co-manager Tommy Montgomery is with us this week to give their side of the story and the latest controversy to hit the new setup. The stadium at their home park has been upgraded and we'll also hear about the work Tommy and fellow co-boss Peter McKenna have been doing on the pitch after they finished in the relegation spots in the old League One last year. Plus, we'll take a look back at Tommy's playing and coaching career. It's all here as we go down the divisions. Good to have you along for another 60 minutes or so, looking at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, Paul, no game for new mains on the weekend, but a biggie for you this Saturday. I guess, well, I guess as long as restrictions allow it. Yeah, no game last Saturday, which is... Always disappointing, isn't it? But obviously we've got an odd number of teams in the league, so it was our turn to sit out. Uh, this Saturday, probably one of the biggest games the club's played, playing a lowland league side in Edinburgh Uni, which will be a real tough test. But is that home? Certainly going to be the biggest game some of our players have played in. Probably, certainly one of the biggest games I've ever managed in. So to go and, and, and entertain a, a lowland league team is quite exciting for the club. We'll maybe talk more about that competition that's coming up on the weekend uh, later in the show. But in the meantime, please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Send us any post-match audio interviews you have and we'll play them on the show. Our email address is divisions at gmail.com. That's divisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Hi, I'm Ross Wilson, manager of Mary Hill, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Yoker Athletic co-manager Tommy Montgomery is our guest this week. Tommy, good to have you with us. Yeah, yeah, thanks very much, guys. It's a, a pleasure to come on and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got all the all-new Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club, then give you the answer at the end of the show. Over to you this week, Paul. Yep. yep. So here we go. Four clues. Tommy, you get thinking here. <laughs> they were formed in 1942. They have competed in the East of Scotland, South of Scotland League and the Scottish Football League. They have two thistles and a torch on their badge. And they applied to join the Scottish Football League in 2000, losing out to Peterhead and Elgin. A couple of serious faces there, lads. Oh, you got it, Gar? I've got an idea. Oh, idea's good. All will be revealed at the end of the show, so don't be shouting out your answer there, Tommy. Keep it to yourself now. <laughs> Hi, my name's Jamie Nesbitt, manager of Thornwood United, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Yoker Athletic co-manager Tommy Montgomery is our guest this week. Well, let's get straight to the main talking point then, Tommy. Um, I gave a brief outline of what went on before the game against Drumchapel in the introduction there, but there's there's obviously a lot more detail attached to it than that. Perhaps, I mean, can you can you start by telling us exactly what happened? You know, take us right back to the start. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it was interesting that you said for you that last week it was um, breaking news. Because I think for us, a lot to do with what went on was was due to the timeline. So effectively what happened was late on Thursday, um, one of the boys contacted us to say that he hadn't been feeling well on the Thursday, had been for a test and it had come back positive. Um, the same boy um, had trained on the Monday and he, he had played on the Wednesday night in our game against East Kilbride. So... When he contacted us, we, we contacted our um, two guys that do our, our COVID stuff and uh, they said, right, what we need to do, contact all the boys and let them know. And we have a, we have a number of boys, a couple of them, um, their, their wives or their girlfriends are pregnant just now. A couple of them are, they have uh, vulnerable people at home. And there, there was a wee bit of um, 
We're like, well, how do we, what do we do? What do we take this for? So we spoke to the boys, and the boys were like, look, um, since we've been at training and in a game, we, we don't feel happy um, going forward into another game tomorrow. We spoke to the committee, and uh, and they were all of the same mind. So, so we, we made up our mind at that stage that given we didn't know the seriousness of the outbreak, that in, in, in the times that we're in, it was best to err on the side of, of safety and uh, and ask for a postponement of the match. Um, so that, that's what we've done. And, and nobody was more disappointed than us that, to have to do that at that late stage. Um, so what then happened from there, we asked the boys, anybody who had symptoms or went for a test or anything to to keep updated. The, the timeline from there went very quickly, and, and not these things don't normally turn around that quickly, but our chairman then went on to a call on the, the Monday night to, to outline just what I've told you guys, um, and told, and I suppose the the management team, myself and Peter, we should have been more aware of, we, we didn't know about the criteria that there should be seven seven people self-isolating before you could ask for a postponement. But So the chairman went on the call and at that stage we were completely, we weren't fully aware of the the, the seriousness um, as, as, as the boys had taken it. So he went on and the upshot was that the league um, took the, the decision that they should uh, sanction us um, with a three points deduction from which we were um, disappointed but probably more so than that was that uh, when we went, when, when we the boys started to get back in touch with us, it turns out that there was, that as well as the boy who, who, who had the positive test, we actually had six others who, because of their, their home situations, had been for tests. So we actually we actually met the seven criteria, and that's why we will go back and, uh, and appeal the decision now. Um, but the, 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 as I say, the, the disappointing thing for us was we were erring on the side of caution and we would have made the same decision um, because we just felt that for for the, the safety of the boys, the safety of the committee and the safety of the opposition, that it, that was the, the, the thing to do. We're not a club that would that would postpone a match. Uh, we, we actually, and, and Paul tell you this, the week before, um, we actually took a, our game against East School Bride get cancelled and we took the game uh, early in the Saturday morning to play it that afternoon. We then played East School Bride Thistle uh, on the Wednesday night. So, you know, we, we felt that some kind of sensor would have, would have been more than enough given the, 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 the times that we live in that we felt that a three-point uh, deduction was particularly harsh. I'm under the impression, listen, we've, been, we've told, been told so many different things. I'm under the impression that if you've come in contact with somebody within that 24-hour period, that you have to isolate anyway. If somebody's been, if you've sort of track and trace, would contact you anyway, wouldn't they? So surely all your boys would have been contacted, sort of track and trace, and surely then, if you have to isolate, there the, the can't be a punishment. Well, that, no, that's, that's that's not the, the exact because the the criteria is before track and trace. They, they, what happens is they they speak to the, the the boy in question, and then the the the, the people that would be asked to self isolate is anyone who was within a two meter distance of him for for fifteen minutes. So that's the that's how the the criteria works. We actually we have two guys that do our COVID protocols at the club and they are super super diligent, they actually get a hard time for it and it, and it's a shame because they, they, and, and actually I need to thank those guys because when the other boys all went and got their tests, all six came back as negative and I think that's down to the protocols that we have in place so we, we go about our business very diligently but um, we just feel that in this instance um, the, to deduct, his, the, to deduct the, the three points was, was just particularly harsh. I'm going to vouch for Tom here because when the previous week the fixture did get changed, it got changed that morning. Obviously, 
with a sad pass of the Mr Anderson at Lanark and your game getting called off at East Kilbride. Joker kindly did take the fixture on and uh, we did speak to some of your committee and, 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 the, and the COVID guys and in fairness, probably are one of the most diligent because we we were then trying to sort stuff out at, a, at a, the, the last minute to get stuff done. Who was it then took the decision? Was it the was it the management committee there and then to say that we'll deduct you the three points? Or did did you then have to sit and wait a week or two to to oh, get the, that verdict? It was the the IMG uh, management group met on the the Monday night and the chairman went on to the call on the Monday night and then they made the the decision um, there and then and we were told that so we we, we did get you know we were told that. Uh, there was a the, the opportunity to put an appeal in. Um, at that stage, we didn't think that we would be putting an appeal in. We didn't think, but then once once it transpired that it, because, as I say, we had a number of boys who do have real vulnerable situations at home, and they they couldn't wait to they couldn't wait the four or five days when you can still be asymptomatic. They they wanted to get it, so they went and they got the tests. Um, but as I say, thankfully they all come back. And I, I, can I say the the biggest disappointment for us in all of this is that yeah, the, the loss of the three points is a big loss. But the, more importantly for us is the loss of the occasion. We we as a club we're delighted that Drumchapel have come into the league and we feel they will be a real addition to it. And it's a a bit of a local derby for us. And that's one of the games that we were really looking forward to. Um, in the season and, and now if we don't win the appeal we won't get the opportunity to, to play that match that's a real disappointment So just for a bit of clarity and kind of avoidance of doubt I suppose obviously running a team so say one of our players come down with it tomorrow and or today and we trained last night then have to all self-isolate because they were pro- the, the, the reality is they're going to be within two metres of, of of the person. Yeah, but does that mean sorry, it has to be within two metres for a prolonged fifteen minutes? So like sitting next to them, right? Or or, or or for example, if you had used a dressing room in the dressing room beside them for fifteen minutes, but not being on the pitch in the open air and moving about, you wouldn't actually be within two metres of that person for 15 minutes. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll change the scenario then. Four or five of them have all been contacted by Track and Trace because they've got it through work and we don't have a squad. Does that mean if a team phones up the IMG, the likelihood is that in that fix just postponed, the team would lose three points, even in, in, in these times where... Uh, <laughs> I've said before, COVID's the new hamstring, isn't it? We're yeah. all gonna, we're all gonna struggle with. So is that the case if we have to postpone the fixture? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe 50%. There's a three-point deduction. Is that correct? That's that is the case, and I know for a fact I spoke to uh, Jamie McKim at, at, at Johnston Borough, and uh, the previous week before they only had 11 men that, that were that were fit, and and they were told that. I know, and the, the other awkward thing about it, as you know, is that. You could dip into your development squads, you could dip into your under-20s, but they haven't trained or played for nearly a month now. So you don't you don't yeah. even have the backstop of, of going to your development squad. So, yeah, but that, and, and I, this is where I think the decision is a bit short-sighted, in my opinion, because I think that each case should be looked at on its merits. And, and, and so, you, you know, the, the look at the... The timelines, the justification, what what have they put in place? What is their previous track record? There's a whole myriad of things that, that should be considered. But for the for the IMG to say if you don't have seven boys self isolating, then you you either play the game or you lose the points. I just think that's particularly harsh in the circumstances that we're in. Is is there a cost for the appeal, Tommy? Do you have to actually you know put money in and then it, it you know you get it back if you win the appeal. Do you know how that works? I, I don't know how that works, Gareth. To be honest, no. That, that would, I would. I'll leave that to the chairman. He takes all that. He, he deals with all that side. It leaves the football side um, to us. So to be fair, no, I don't actually know if there is a cost to appeal. Do, do, do you also feel that there's an there's maybe an element of are you being made an example of 
be the unfortunate team that's just, you know, fallen on a situation like this first. And so, you know, you just happen to be the one who are, you know, being made an example of. Yeah. What, what are your feelings that way? Yeah, perhaps that may have been the case. But the, the way that I look at it personally, is that I, I'm, I'm trying to see the, the the reasoning behind it. Is it is the, the deduction of the three penalty points, is that a, a punishment for because as far as we're concerned, all we've tried to do is keep our boys safe and so to be punished for that, um, is it, or is it meant to be, as you're suggesting, a, a deterrent for other teams? Well, I don't think it would be a deterrent for other teams. I think other teams would say, no, listen, in that circumstance, we're, we're still going to go down the road of a postponement because we're not putting anyone at risk at this particular time. So if it's a punishment, it's harsh, and if it's a deterrent, I don't think it will work. We obviously had till Saturday was the deadline there for, for teams to withdraw from the league without punishment. And I think, I believe, the, the latest teams, Benburb, have withdrawn. Yep. After your deduction, can you see now why other teams have pulled out so they didn't face this themselves? And did it cross your mind to, to say, well, do you know what? If that's the case, we're pulling out. Because I would have liked that, Tommy. I would have liked those three points back for the week of four. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as, as regards the other teams, I think that, um, you know, each, each team, they have to make the, the decision based on their particular scenario. So I don't I don't really feel in a position I can comment on, on what, what the other teams have done. And I just hope that the, the teams that didn't go, that everything works out as they hoped. Uh, in terms of the plans, and we go back to to full strength next year. Um, in, in terms of us, I can only say from my own perspective, you bet your bottom dollar that I, that personally, I was angry at the decision, and I, I would have said in a in a heartbeat, look, tell them to ram it. But the um, but the 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 rest of the guys that I don't have the same temper that I have, and they look at things in a more reasoned fashion. Um, so yeah, of course, once we cool down, then we, we take it on the chin and we move on. But but yeah, did it cross my mind? Well, you better bottom dollar it did. I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here, Tommy. Um, not obviously accusing Joker of this, but do you think that the part of the reason the league are doing this are that arguably a team could be short of players, could have lots of injuries? Um, you name it, they're struggling for, for, for players one weekend and yep. and yeah. the league are looking at it and saying, right, well, we, we, we were hearing what you're saying, but but teams could use this to get a fixture called off to their advantage and something needs to be put in place, not necessarily what's happened to you guys, but does there not need to be something there to, to kind of stop teams doing that in this in this situation? Yeah, 100%. I agree with you, Gareth, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, that's what Paul was alluding to when he said that, you know, COVID could be seen as the new uh, hamstring injury. And and, and 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 listen, that may be the case that some uh, unscrupulous teams might decide that that's how they were going to abuse the system. And that and that and that's why I say that I think that each team, or not each team, each incident should be looked at on its merits, not with an arbitrary... Uh, it's got to be seven people that are out, but let's look at the situation on a whole. What, what were the timelines? Because if that if that had happened on the Tuesday and we had got the, the, the other boys test back and they'd all come back negative, we would have played the game. Our, our only worry was that we were going to go out. I mean, we, we, it turns out four or five boys actually had it and we're playing against an opposition with four or five guys. That was our only worry. So... Yeah, there, there is always the, the the likelihood that somebody could abuse the system, and that's why I say I think that you know it would make sense to to yeah have something in place, but then look at you know look at the track record. The the, the big thing for us is we 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 will always try and put a team in the picture. It happened again on Saturday because we still had boys out, but we just we just couldn't see the 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 reasoning behind the the decision. My only view on it, whilst we say people could use it as that, and, and, and I contradict myself when I say it's a new hamstring. <clears throat> Today being Tuesday, we've gone into tier four. 
So that tells me this pandemic's not going away, it's getting higher, and it's not as if hospitals are full with hamstring injuries. So the NHS is going to be struggling over the next few while, hence the, the decision's been taken if what, what we're told's true. So surely there has to be a bit of, I don't want to say common sense, because the IMG, in fairness, and, and Kenny Young guys are, are brilliant. They are brilliant. They've got a, a real thankless job on times because I sometimes feel whatever they do is wrong. Yeah. But there has oh. to be, I, I would I would think on your appeal, I would have thought there has to be a strong case because it's not as if, you know, we're now going into this longer tier four. This was only last week this happened. You would think that we'd, we'd go, go for it, Tommy. Yeah, well, you're right. I think the very fact that the area that we're in has been raised to tier four would be um, further justification for the care that we were that we were taking at that particular time. So I think the fact that we've done that, and also that we we, we actually do meet the criteria, and the boys all have. When you get one of those tests, you get a message back telling you um, the date of the test and when the. So so we've got all of that. It's not like we can. Not like we can manufacture that evidence. That's all there. The, the committee have that now, and we'll take that back. And, and listen, I agree with you totally. I think the guys at the IMG, they have a very, very difficult job in, in, in very, very difficult circumstances. We just felt that in, in this time, it was particularly harsh. Do you think as well, if they don't overturn the decision, then it does? I mean, you've touched on it maybe a little bit already. It sets a dangerous precedent going forwards then that you're going to have, I mean, because conceivably you could be having this happening every week, couldn't you, in, in the current uh, environment? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, worse than that for me, Gareth, is that what it could push teams towards doing is, is not mentioning when they do have yeah. suspicions uh-huh. of cases and, and so they, they, they're like, well, we're going to have to play the game. If we were to go and declare that were, you know, that we're worried about X, Y and Z, they, they might just go and, and, and play the game rather than, um, you know, rather than um, ask for a postponement. So that that would be my worry, would be the other side. That's a super point. And again, I never even thought of it that way. Look at the situation for the, for the other side. And I do believe even a few months ago, Gareth, that was there not somebody in the national paper that come out and said that, that they play the game knowingly, knowing that a. Uh, it was the, uh, it was um, Koneski Nomads manager Andy Morrison uh, um, mentioned it down south in Wales. So he actively knew somebody had had it and then played the game. That's a dangerous road we're going down. I think if if we do that, Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would agree totally. What, what, what are your thoughts on today's news? I say today, as, as we say, we're recording on Tuesday. Things may have moved on by the time the show comes out. But what, what are both of your views on, on the whole news about Tier 4 and, I guess, whether whether you know the games will continue to be played? Are you hearing things that this now might put things in jeopardy? Or is the definition of professional football going to remain in the uh, West of Scotland League and it'll be you know carrying on as it has been? Um, I know that personally, I think that uh, I, I I know what they're saying about professional football and that, but I, I I personally struggle to see how they can say, for example, this weekend send us from Tier Four down to Newton Stewart to Tier Two. I, I I struggle to find the the justification for that. But perhaps if we were lucky enough to be in a situation where all of the boys could be tested before they went, then then that would be a scenario. But we don't we don't have that. We don't have those kind of Finances, so I, I really struggle to see how we can take a team from tier four into an area that's tier two. I'll also come back to the if what I'm being told is true and the hospitals are going to struggle to cope and, and numbers are higher than maybe at the beginning, then we've all said it on this show common sense prevails. Why are we why are we going out and changing the side of the park and travelling between between different tiers where you know the rules are, I live in Wisher, my mum lives in Kirloot, one's South Lancashire, one's North Lancashire. We're talking one and a half miles of a difference, but you're not really meant to travel into tears. Yeah, we are classed as professional sport. I don't actually know where that 
that boundary crosses with what is a senior sport, isn't it? Somebody said to me the the gaming board stopped at Lowland League, but we have been allowed to continue. I certainly know amateur teams are really they're no training and their noses are put out a wee joint and they're saying, you know, I how can teams, you know, in the lower divisions, you know, and use new mains as an example, be training, they're no much more than what we are and stuff like that. We're just I'm, I'm going to say the lucky ones because we have moved into that, that West of Scotland League that, that allows us to do that. However, Tier 4 is a whole new level. Is it just going to be a case of more shops are closing, hairdressers are shutting, the hospitality industry is closing, schools are still staying open, I believe, and, and nurseries staying open, are they closing? Uh, so I don't know what the extent's going to be. Football might just continue for us as is because... On the announcement, I never heard anything about contact sport or this senior. I mean, I've got to call it senior. I don't like calling it professional because, you know, it's not as if boys are out there getting getting played. But we are at a senior level, semi-professional, I suppose. So it's going to be this week we're going to find out. If it was stopped and with, and with Tommy, then you can't argue with it, can you? Just just uh, going back to the uh, Drum Chapel game, Tommy, do you know when the appeal is going to be heard yet? No, no, I, I don't know when that is. Uh, we, we only just decided, it was only when we gathered all the evidence and decided to go ahead with that. So we had a chat over it. And I actually suspect that, um, as you said, there is probably a financial element of it because at first the, the chairman was a bit reluctant to do it. And that usually means he's got to dip into his pocket. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that defeat, if it was to stand, means I think... Your record now is 1-2 and lost two, and, and you lost to Thornywood uh, on the weekend. How do you feel things have, have gone so far this season if you take that unfortunate incident out of the equation? Yeah, well, listen, I, I think that when I, when I look at our conference, I think it's quite exciting. I don't think there's much between all of the teams um, in, in, the, in our conference. Um, the, the two games that we won against Paul's team and against East Coast Bright were, were close games that, that had periods in the game where the game could have went either way. So um, I, I think that, that I think it will be a great conference. That's why you know we would like to the opportunity for, to play the game against uh, Drumchapel Saturday. Uh, Thornywood away. Thornywood, you know, they gave us they gave us real problems. They were very bright up front and um, like it was a it was a heavy grass pitch, you know. One of our issues is we play on Astro most of the time, so when we go to the, the grass pitches, we, we do find that difficult. And the boys that were out that were probably the boys that we have who have got maybe a bit more physical stature about them that would have helped us out on Saturday. So um, it was a wee bit disappointing. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm really looking forward to the, to the games. I think there will be, even if you look at the results from Saturday, there's very little that more than a goal or two in each of the games. So I, I think it will be a cracking conference. That was some wind we had that day, Tommy, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you, was that ever a game of two halves, that game yeah, we yeah. played? Yeah, Arthur, when you, said you'd, when you said you'd had wind, uh, Paul, I thought you'd been on the curries again on the weekend. <laughs> no, I just... No, it was just one of, one of those ones. There was no chance COVID was hanging about that day. <laughs> I'd, no, been no, blown was, up. I'd been blown away. I'd been blown away that day, wasn't it? I don't know if you remember that day, but it was extremely windy. And we were, we were, as you know, Paul, we were very, very fortunate. We got two goals in the first kind of seven, seven minutes. minutes. I think we're still getting used to the conditions. And then you're, we nearly scored a, a wonder goal for nearly halfway. For, That's right. And, and you'll know that. I mean, although the game finished 4-2, that was, a, that, was, that was because we scored in the last minute and made it, you know, probably look like there was a bigger uh, margin than actually the game could have went either way. I think even even in the game, I think in the last ten minutes, I think we took off a defender and put on a, put on a second striker, and and as you say, second half we come into it. But you played Thornywood in the weekend. Obviously, we had Jamie on the show. Uh, he's done great jobs up there. How were they on Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were. I thought they were. You know, they were real, real strong at the back, solid in midfield, and that the forward line was. Uh, very bright, you know. They, they played some great stuff in the the final third and, and, and created a created a number of chances. So yeah, I was I was very impressed with them. 
You're away, as you mentioned, to uh, Newton Stewart in the second round of the Soccer Shop Challenge Cup on Saturday. Uh, they're seventh in the South of Scotland League. They drew two each with Abbey Vale on the weekend. Uh, did did you quite like these trips into the unknown a bit? Or oh, I mean, how much of a trip into the unknown is it for you? How much kind of can you do? How much do you try to do in terms of scouting and, and finding out the kind of caliber of opposition you're, you're coming up against? Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. No, first of all, we very much look forward to it. These are real challenges. You go there no matter. Um, what you find, but no, we we wouldn't we we wouldn't um, go on down the route of about anybody going on a scouting mission or that. We'll, we'll go down and we'll take the game as we find it. But we do know that they've they've played six league games and they've only lost one, which was against the the team at the top of the division. So we know that they will be uh, we know that they will be a good side. But uh, but we're very much looking forward to the game if it goes ahead. I'm actually just looking at some of the fixtures. We're talking about your guys. Travelling's a lot. There's a lot of travelling. Some of the some of the ties, Kennaway Star coming down and playing Saint Rocks and things like that. You know, I'm not saying they could regionise it because it's a national competition. But I, when I'm just looking at the fixtures here in front of me, I'm thinking to myself, you know, when Lithgow going to Kello, Edinburgh Uni coming through to us, you guys got a Newton Stewart, Renfrew going to Bonnyrigg. You, you would have to think that, that some of these games might be can end out, wouldn't you? You might yeah. be somebody looking at that and travelling through different regions. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you've, you've got, to, got to take into account as well, Paul, that the, the travelling arrangements now as well, it's not like you can hire a bus and you're all That's on right, bus. Yeah. You need to travel, you know, independently. And uh, so there's a, there's a lot of expense involved in making sure that the boys uh, can get there. You, we're not going to have four and five sharing a car going down to those kind of games so it does create real logistical problems I'm actually looking at the ties as well and I would say just a rough glance 80 to 90 percent is teams going east to west or vice versa Whitehill Welfare, Curluck, Harriet Watt, Drumchapel, Thornton Hubs or other going Glencairn, Thornywood, Craig Royston so it is, it is a lot of Especially for the second round, maybe they, I don't know, they could have done something with that, but as I say, it's a national competition. Yeah, I mean, I think in, I think in any other times, that would be great that it's a national competition and you know yourself, it's a, it's a day out, it's an away day, you can go and make an occasion of it and enjoy it, but in the circumstances that we're in just now, probably doesn't allow for that. Just, um, obviously the league's on, uh, on hold this weekend, but um, just just quickly looking at the leagues, Tommy, um, in, in the Premier Division, Clyde Banker obviously flying high, and I, I guess I mean uh, they, they still, uh, you know, they, they share the share the ground with you, don't they still? And um, you'd be impressed with how they've done. Um, obviously a big big win over Kirk and like Rob Roy on the weekend. Uh, yeah, I generally have no interest in what Clyde Bank do. <laughs> <laughs> That's rivalry, and I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, Tommy, you know, I, like Clyde Bank? <laughs> not at all, actually. And, and it's funny because a couple of the boys that were, were used to run the under-21s and a couple of the boys that played me um, have went there. But um, I, the point that I'm making is that I'm 100% focused on what Yoka are doing. So, um, Clyde Bank, they, they, they can look after themselves. And they're, they're, listen, they're, they're, they're certainly four wins in that Premier League is, is mighty impressive. So they've had a great start. In Conference A, Bells Hill are top in, top in the table there. Um, they had a, a win over, 3 1 win over Glasgow Uni on the weekend. Renfrew and Muirkirk drew 0 0. Paul, you know the boys at Bells Hill quite well. They've, that's been a good start for them. Oh, they're getting a mention on here every week now. They're going to get big time, aren't they? No, honestly, pleased for them, really. Um, they've they've done brilliant. Eight points in that league. Uh, they're off to a, off to an absolute flyer. Uh, I actually spoke to their manager last night, Derek, who's uh, we're trying to bring in a couple of players from there. So no, I'm pleased for them because do you know what? He always puts out good teams. I mentioned that last week. But Craig Marks up there as well. Muir Kirk's up there. In fact. Between the top five teams, there's only two points, so it's going to be a real tight league. It's going to be really good, uh, quite an exciting conference. That. Yeah, definitely. In Conference B, a big statement from from 
from Greenock on the weekend. They went uh, down to Port Glasgow in the derby and one five two top of the table, ten points from four games. Um, you think they uh, would they be favourites to kind of carry that on? Do you think, Tommy? Um, well, I think it's, it's it's early days and it's it's difficult to know. But we um, we played Greenock in a in a pre-season friendly and it was it was a good game. Definitely they were a they were a strong side um, and we, we we beat them. But um, I know that the the, the manager uh, wasn't happy. We seen that at the end of the game that uh, when they kept them back for a wee five or ten minutes just to let them know how he felt about that performance. So I'm not surprised to see them doing well. And that's a that's a fantastic result for them to go away to uh, Port Glasgow and, and, and get a, a result as they did. Shock for me in there, Tom, is Vela leaving because, see, when I've played them the last couple of years, they're always a well-organised team, especially at home. Do you know what I mean? They're probably, in the last two years, the toughest teams that we've come up against. And, and I'm surprised. I don't know whether they maybe had a change of personnel there, but of you know, but that's a it's a shock to see them down there and have conceded the eleven already. Yeah, no, goal difference eleven. Sorry, minus eleven. Yeah. No, I'm I'm the same as you. Oh, you know, I thought they they were one of the toughest sides that, that, that we that we played against yesterday. I, I sorry last year, and I don't know if uh, don't know if whether they've lost players or I, I, I don't know I, don't, I really don't know but I'm, I, I'm the same as yourself that I'm surprised to see the results you, you never know it could be injuries it could be anything at this point in the season but yeah I, but I think knowing the club that they are they're, they're liable to turn that around could be Covid Tommy <laughs> and in conference in conference C that, that yeah, you're both managing I mean it does seem to be the conference where the weather has really kind of had the biggest effect, doesn't it? You know, likes of yourselves, Paul, two games, Glasgow, Persia, two games. Yeah. You know, only only a couple of teams played all four games so far. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking at it go through the events. It's a real tough conference. Tommy touched on it. It's uh, like a bit like the championship in the uh, in the Scot in Scotland. You know, every team can beat each other. It's going to be such a a hard conference for who whoever's going to go on and win that. I know Lanark's changed their manager. They brought in Jamie McKenzie uh, yesterday or today. He'll do a great job there. Jamie's done a, a fantastic job everywhere he's went. But I'm surprised to see them there because they've got an experienced squad. Uh, and Thornywood as well. They've obviously come in, uh, played two games, six points, and 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 are really up for the challenge as well. My name's Tommy Sloan, Auchinleck Talbot manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Neilston have signed midfielder Michael McNeil from Arthurley. Clum Chapel United have announced the addition of Don McCallum. The 24-year-old has previously been on the books of the likes of Dumbarton and Arbroath. Jordan Scott has also rejoined the drum from Peters Hill. Darvel have re-signed forward David Grant. he previously been unavailable due to work commitments. Donny Pace have appointed local lad Danny Smith as their first team manager. Danny was previously assistant boss at Kilsyth Rangers and also managed Camlin Juniors and Linlithgow Rose. He'll be assisted by Alan Moffat. And in the Lowland League, East Kilbride and Bowness finished all square at one apiece in their clash on the weekend. That leaves Stephen Aitken side a point clear of East Stirlingshire, who won 3-2 at Berwick Rangers. Bowness are a further point back on 18 points. So too are Gallifrey, Dean Rovers and BSC Glasgow, after the former beat the latter 2-0 on Saturday. This is Des Roach, ex-referee, Cabernet Leadside assistant manager, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Yoker Athletic co-manager Tommy Montgomery is our guest this week. So Tommy, um, we've kind of touched on how things were were going at the club. Um, before we kind of look at your reign there, t- tell us about how it all started for you, your playing days and, and, and a bit more about that. Well, yeah, well, I'd have to say I'd, uh, I'd have to say a fairly undistinguished um, playing career. I played uh, going back 30 years now, but I played um, most of my time in what was the the Caledonian League then. So I played uh, with, with a team called Viewfield Rovers and with uh, Weirs Rex. So mostly we flirted with the, the juniors at that stage, but mostly played at a decent amateur level 
Um, but really, for me, you know, so when I finished playing and um, got involved in coaching, started off um, doing a lot of uh, kind of youth, um, worked a wee, uh, in the pro youth for a while, and coaching with various teams in there, and then um, left there, and, and, and it went to Harmony Row, um, ran the under-21s at Harmony Row for a, well, five or six years, had some right good sides there, won the Scottish, won the West, won the won the Premier League a number of times. So, um, and, and, and it was from there that we were approached um, by Yoka. Yoka were looking to go in a different direction and look to give uh, somebody with just a kind of uh, fresh blood and a, and, a, and a new impetus. So um, they approached myself and Peter. And um, we'd always had a, one eye on the juniors when we were managing it at 21s because we had a good relationship with a lot of it. Funnily enough, we had a very good relationship with Clyde Bank. Uh, when we were when we were managing at the 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 twenty ones and so um, just at, at Christmas time a year back so a year and a half or so just coming up for two years now um, we went into Yoker at that time trying to uh, the team was languishing at the in, in the relegation zone and we went in and, and tried to turn that around um, man, we managed to take in a few you know, maybe three or four players um, and what we what was there but it was it was very difficult because. Uh, the setup in the club at that time, there was a lot of boys who were working, couldn't make training, could only make it on a Saturday. It was a, the, the, the squad was pretty threadbare. So uh, we struggled and, 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 and finished in the relegation zone. Um, kicked on last year, brought, got some more boys in, um, mainly through contacts, because we are a club, I think. It's not, you know, it's, it's no secret we are a club that doesn't have a a massive budget, so really Peter and I are operating a lot of times um, through contacts that we have. But we kicked on last year, um, started well um, the first half of the season and then picked up a few injuries and didn't really have the squad to carry that. And probably I would say that, uh, you know, if the season had carried on to the, the, the end of the season, I think we would probably have just missed out in the in the, the, the top three. So, but it's it's... It's been steady progress. Um, it, it, we're very lucky. It's a it's a great committee that we've got there, and and they're really ambitious. So we've went forward now this year. Obviously, going into the West of Scotland League, we've brought in an under twenties, and we've actually brought in um, we've got three that were effectively local boys clubs that have come in, um, brought in additions to them, and have formed an academy, um, which is helping us as well to to kind of build roots in the community and get a much more of a community feel and a community involvement. So the, the club is definitely um, moving in the right direction. You mentioned uh, your co-manager, Peter McKenna. T- tell us about that relationship and how, how long have you known Peter? Was it always going to be the two of you going in, into managers together? No, it, it's funny. Um, Peter and I are, are now... Uh, Almost inseparable. Actually, what happened was I was I was um, managing one of the other teams. I had one of the younger teams, um, and I had decided that I was going to uh, move on. I had been offered another uh, role, and somebody contacted me and said uh, uh, Peter's looking for somebody to help him out with the under twenty ones, and I was like, ah, I, I'm not I'm not sure about managing that age group because I'm not. I'm not good when people speak back to me, so I was just, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> operating at a under 15, 16s level where the boys listen to you and, and, and don't really venture their opinion. And I was like, I, 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 I've got quite a quick temper, and I, I'm not sure how well I would handle that. But I actually, went in and uh, Peter had already had his squad together, and the, the boys were great, and I took to them um, straight away. Um, and that was the, that was the squad that we had that actually went on and and won the, the Scottish and the West in the same year, uh, 2015, that would have been. So, that, so really enjoyed that. And then we, that that team, um, with a great under-19s team underneath them who were coming up. So Peter and I stayed on and done that. So so people, people meet Peter and myself now and think we've been best friends all our life. And, uh, and it, it's not, we won't, it's, only, it's only five or six years ago when we really started working together. So are you the fire and he's the ice then? And is that how it kind of is that how well, it works? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because if you if you speak to him, he'll tell you that every other team he's been with, he's been the bad cop. 
<laughs> so, so he's he's relishing the opportunity now that he's the good cop and, I, and then I'm the bad cop. You mentioned you went to Yoker in uh, 2019. Um, was was I mean, did you notice a, a definite kind of step up in level and and a different uh, way of playing, I suppose, compared to, to where you'd been before? You know that level. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I think that um, the the biggest thing probably was that uh, we we had to give a lot more thought to um, how we went about approaching games. So uh, under twenty ones, you know the 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 vast majority of the games you could go with the same approach. Whereas when we moved up to that level, we were going to play against certain teams or playing certain pitches or certain conditions that we had to then think about different formations and how to get the best and, 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 and how we could best get the result that we were looking for. So we, we had to move away from um, always being about performance and about playing through the thirds and playing great football and think about, right, how do we go about making sure that uh, we get the, the right result? Still trying to play in the manner that we like, but we need to make sure that we come out with the three points. So that was a, that was a big learning curve. And also, you mentioned about the uh, the boys' clubs that you brought under the umbrella and things like this. I mean, I think Home Park has been refurbished as well, hasn't it? And and uh, tell us a bit about about the facilities you've got there now. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're very fortunate with the facilities that we have. Home Park has been um, redeveloped. It's as a community hub now, but the it's a 4G pitch which is down, which is a a great surface. It's a massive big park, we've got the floodlights there, the dressing rooms, although we can't use them, the dressing rooms have all been done up, we've got a, we've got a room now for the, a physio, we have a physio coming in, so we have that facility there, so the, you know, the, the actual facilities themselves are, are great, and I'd like to say that it's, um, it's a big bonus for us, because they say, we, we don't have a lot of finances behind us, but what we can offer for the boys that do come, is that it's a, it's a great facility, and they will enjoy uh, they will enjoy playing there, you know. What well, I do remember for going there last year, Pete, it was a lovely pine sausage roll you done as well up the stair. It was a cracker. Uh, that, that, that's not I'm an athlete. I, would, <laughs> I must be an athlete. I've got athlete's foot. <laughs> how does, how does, how, going back to Peter, how does it work between the two of you? I mean, Paul, Paul, you've got a co-manager as well. How, Tommy, how, how, how do you divide the... The responsibilities up, you know. Do, do you have fallouts over team selections, or how, how does it all kind of divide up that way? You know, in, in, in six years, I would say probably Peter and I have maybe had two disagreements. Um, for the most part, we think very much about the we think very much in the way that we go about the game, about setups. We we see the same things in games, and and we're also very fortunate because we have Peter there, but um, in, in terms of getting some experience in from a junior perspective, we brought in uh, Gordon Robertson. Gordon was formerly the formerly the chairman at Clyde Bank. Um, he's been in the junior game for a long number of years. So there's, so there's myself and Peter, but there's also um, Gordon as well. And, and so if ever there's it, we can go to him and he can be the the arbiter. And uh, he's he he has a, a great deal of experience in the game as well. And and he's been very good as well in terms of contacts for, for bringing in boys and for arranging friendlies and all that. So so as well as myself and Peter, we've also got Gordon there as well. So that that, that makes a bit on the whole we pretty much agree. Uh, very rarely do we differ in opinions. See now Tommy, I, I I've said this before. I'd have no interest in doing it on Mona, I don't think. I think it would be it'd be very difficult. People always seem to think, ah, but somebody has to pick the team. The team I'm not saying the team picks itself, but you'll, you'll talk about it all week and you'll say, do you know what? Seeing Saturday, the two you can see if somebody's not performed. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't take a lot, but I, I just think, I don't know how people do it on their own. It, it, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard gig and, you know, it allows you to take a wee step back yourself on times because I'm quite critical on myself, you know, after a game you think, did I do that? Did I do that right? And you, you can speak to each other and you're on the same level. It's not as if, it's not as maybe you're going to your assistant, he's maybe humouring you a wee bit, saying, oh, I think you've done that right. The two of you are there to make those decisions as well. No, I agree with you, Paul, and I think um, you'll agree with me here that, uh, what, that that really comes to the fore 
on a day when he's not there and you've got to take the team on your own and then you really you really feel it when you right. and make all the decisions and there's not somebody there to bounce things off and boy that kind of thing so so for us it, it, it's a formula that works see the one thing i've noticed with co-managers yeah you get a good looking one an ugly one yeah I tell you, <laughs> big peter's a cracking looking boy isn't he <laughs> well, well, I think maybe that was why Tommy was wearing that mask when he first came on. Uh, <laughs> you had to get that in. Hi, <laughs> right, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bay Manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Which brings us to Inside the Mind. Each week, we'll put our guests on the spot to look deep into their psyche and discover some hidden stories. Right, Tommy, are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, who was your idol as a boy? Well, it's very funny, um, because when I think back at that, when I, when I was a boy and I was growing up, uh, I wanted to be a, a, a goalkeeper. That was that was my originally. So my idol, when I growing up, you wouldn't believe it, but it was Gordon Banks. That shows you that shows you how far back at the I go. So yeah, he as I as I grew up, yeah, I had the I had the Golden Banks. They were the forerunner for today's goalkeeper gloves. They were they were gloves with like three wee rubber strips up the fingers and uh, so so yeah, that was it. I, I had ambitions. So unfortunately, the height never came that would have allowed me to be a goalkeeper. So uh, yeah, that was uh, that would have been Golden Banks. Good answer. Um... Who's the toughest opponent you've faced? And this can be in the dugout or on the pitch. Um, yeah, funny enough, I've I, I seen him uh, tweeting today. Um, the toughest opponent that I played against was Davy Gregg. You know, Davy that was a manager at uh, Irvine Meadow and, and at Blantyre Vicks. Um, we Davy, I, I played against him. I, I, I was a I was a defender that wasn't blessed with the with the greatest amount of pace. And Davy was very, very quick. And anybody that knows Davy will tell you he's a chirpy wee sod, you know. So he would, he would get in it. He knew, he knew how he, he knew how he noise me up. And then I would go in with the big lunging tackles, and he would, he would skip by me. And uh, and then he, then he would, he would then soon let you know. And I, but I would also have to say that when the on the odd occasion where I did lay a glove on him, Davy Greg could handle it as well. He, he had both strings to his bow. What's the favourite football top you've worn and why? Well, it's funny that I had to think about that, and I was, I was like, I was trying to rack my brains for a for a football strip that, uh, and and the only thing that came, <laughs> the only thing that came back to me, and there's a funny story attached to it, it was um, when I went back to to boys club, um, and I was laughing because it was circa mid seventies that would have been, um, but there was a, a strip come out. It was the Luton Town strip. And at that time, it was it was orange with blue and white, a blue and white stripe down the side. But then the shorts were uh, navy blue with an orange and white. So the whole thing had to line up. And uh, I always remember being super proud to wear that strip. But my dad, my dad ran the team. It was Pollock United that I played with. My dad um, ran the team. And I remember we had the strip for about three weeks. And then... My mum washed it at too high a temperature and the colours all ran. <laughs> so, so, so as much as I love the strip, it only lasted for about a month. <laughs> uh, who's the best player you've played with? Uh, the, the best player that I played with and actually went on to, to work with was, was um, definitely we, um, Billy Davis. Um, Billy, I uh, played with Billy. Grew up all through boys' club with Billy, and um, and watched him, and, and then actually went on into. Uh, I went in and worked in at Motherwell with him, I went in and worked in the, at the pro youth uh, set up in there. And but he, Billy had the, he had great ability, but he had a, a real desire and a real will to win. And I, and I was thinking, you know, I, I remember um, going down and I went down to Largs to watch a. He was down doing a, a, a badge down there, and and uh, I, I won't say who it was, the guy for the, that was running the course, but um, he was doing a wee passing drill, and he said, what you want to be able to do is go and strike a, a 20, 30 yard pass, and he says, Billy, do you want to demonstrate? So we Billy stood up and he pinged three passes about two feet off the deck, bang, 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 straight across, right to the guy's feet, and, and the, the guy... <laughs> 
guy for the SFA, which I thought he was being a wee bit smarter. Like he says, and he says, if your if your boys are as good as that, what you do is you get them to do it with a right foot, Billy. Could you demonstrate with your right foot? And he went ping, 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 three passes with his right foot. They were every bit as good as the previous ones. <laughs> and the guy just says, and if if they get if they're as good as that, you're better moving on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, Billy, and, and I've got to say, in, in terms of uh, coaching, it was a real masterclass working with him. I've never known anybody who went into so much detail in his planning for games, but also his planning for training. He was he was way ahead of the times at that. He actually went away over to America and he studied basketball for counter-attacking. He, he studied American football for set-pieces. He he, he was just a real, real, he had a real, real football in mind. So, uh, yeah, it was a pleasure to work with him. Superb. And last of all, what's the best practical joke you've seen? <laughs> well, this one made me laugh and it was kind of kind of football. My two passions, football and golf related. Um, I think I was, I was playing golf with a good friend of mine, we call Gary Clark. Gary played it. I was at Hamilton for a long time. He was first division player of the year, and, and he was a right good player, Gary, and a, and a right good golfer. And I was playing with him and my other pal, we Alan Boyd, who's actually a, a he's a, a youth coach out at Rangers now. And the, the three years were playing down at Troon Darley, and we go around. It's a right windy day, and uh, we Boyd he, he'd, he'd hardly had a shot the whole day. And we got around to about the the ninth hole. And it's uh everybody knows it's a it's a blind hole, you can't actually see the green. So we stepped up and, and Gary he said that I need to step back, step back. He said, Watch this. So he stepped up and, and he went up to the green uh, sorry, up to the, the tee off, but facing completely the wrong way. He was facing in the in the opposite direction. So he teed up his ball and then and then he went to play and he went, Oh, there's my phone, boy D, there's my phone, use your score. So, 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 we boy, he stands up and he, he, he's not had a shot all day, right? He's having an absolute nightmare. So he stands up and he goes to hit his ball, but as he stands up, he's saying, "Look at this idiot! There's a guy walking across the fairway, right? With his dog. <laughs> 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 the guy, he, he's not thinking we're going to be hitting that way, and he's like, "Look at this idiot! Look at this idiot!" So the best part of it was he then hits the, not even the shot of the round, right? He hits the shot of his life, a wee lefty righter. Bounces over the bunker and it rolls up to about two feet for the pin, and he and he turns around and Gary and I are rolling about and I mean rolling on the floor, absolutely killing ourselves laughing and uh, uh, honestly it was absolutely priceless and I, I was back playing there a couple of weeks ago and when I stood onto the green I just onto the tee off I just burst out laughing because it was it wasn't even the fact it was so funny he hit it in the wrong direction about two feet for the pin it was just a classic. Brilliant. My name's Chris Strain and I'm the Cohen and Rangers manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. Paul, can we have those uh, clues again, please? Oh, oh, you say, wait, we're getting them back up. Okay, they were formed in 1942. They have competed in the East of Scotland, South of Scotland, and Scottish football leagues. They have a thistle, they've actually got two thistles and a torch on their badge. They applied to join the Scottish Football League in 2000, losing out to Peterhead and Elgin. Gareth, you think you've got it, so I'll go with Tommy first. I have no idea. Oh, come on, Tommy, just can't give up that. You've had an hour to think about this. Come on, come on. I couldn't even hazard a guess. Oh, come on, Tommy, you've lost it. Jesus. <laughs> right, all right, Gareth, who do you think it is? I might be wrong, but I was going to go for Annan. You are correct. Well done. Um, Annan Athletic. Yeah, yeah. Good show. There you go. Great effort there. Great effort there, Tommy. Tommy, thanks for coming on the show this week. We appreciate you uh, coming on and putting your, your point of view across. And obviously, um, all the best for the appeal when it, when it comes round. Guys, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks very much. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Good luck for the rest of the, the season. Um, don't forget, you can get in touch with comments or suggestions for people to speak to, or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. 
or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment, which helps others find us, and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions. Down the Divisions.